This is the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Matt Smith here with you. Will Merritt as well. Will, a former All-ACC lineman. He's always so uh, self-deprecating, but he was a terrific player on a terrific uh, cluster of Clemson teams there. And it's always good to pick his brain, not just about football, but about basketball, barbecue, and life. So we're going to have Will Merritt join us for the next couple of days here on the Locked On Clemson podcast. In a full week, we'll get back to our feature ranking Clemson's 29-game winning streak and ranking those wins in order of significance. That's been a lot of fun. Um, And we finally got to some SEC teams last time we were with you. We'll uh, recap that toward the end here. And we'll bring on some sports personalities from the state of South Carolina, and I'll provide them with my list. We'll have them make some of their own, and uh, we'll have a bit of a debate on how much I got right and how much I got wrong. Um, Something I'll tell you I've been wrong about that has really surprised me is the career of Sammy Watkins. I thought Watkins was going to do what DeAndre Hopkins is doing. I certainly expected it from Hopkins, who's one of the top handful of receivers in the NFL in his time. Sammy Watkins finally lived up to what Clemson fans watched in his entire time there with the Tigers, with the Kansas City Chiefs over the weekend. Seven catches, 114 yards. He played the role of deep threat. He made back shoulder catches. He made catches in traffic. He got yards after the catch. He did everything we knew Sammy Watkins could do. And I'm going to go out on this limb and say that was Sammy Watkins' most meaningful professional performance. I know he's had big explosive games previously with the Bills and with the Rams, but what he did on such a big stage over the weekend should make Clemson fans swell with pride. That is the Sammy Watkins I think the world expected when he went in the first round coming out of Clemson, set so many records with the Tigers, and he finally put it together for the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship and knocking Adam Humphreys out of uh, contention for the Super Bowl. But Sammy Watkins takes with him Bashad Breland, who had a pick that was reversed, that was overturned on a call over the weekend with the Chiefs, and Dorian O'Daniel, a linebacker for the Chiefs out of Clemson, is heading to the Super Bowl as well. And it was a lot of fun to see Sammy Watkins on one side and Adam Humphreys on the other over the weekend, and Adam Humphreys doing what he did. Just four catches, but I think they were all for first downs. Might have all been on third down, too. So uh, sometimes it's third in Humphreys. And that's what the Titans uh, were doing when they weren't running the football with Derrick Henry. So Sammy Watkins goes to the Super Bowl. And on the other side, Debo Samuel out of Chapman High School and the University of South Carolina, somebody Clemson fans know so well. And we're going to bring those two guys up with Will Merritt a little bit later on. How cool is it to have two guys uh, which with such ties to the state meeting in the Super Bowl? Now, what wasn't a lot of fun over the weekend was Clemson's loss to NC State. So that snaps the three-game win streak for Brad Brownell and company. They'll try to start a new streak against Wake Forest back 
at Little John Coliseum. But it was a fun ride while it lasted. We'll see if Clemson can get it going again. And what one of the things that was working so well for the Tigers over that three-game win streak, including wins over NC State, North Carolina in Chapel Hill for the first time ever, and Coach K and Duke is, in those three games, nobody had an answer for Amir Sims. And NC State didn't have an answer for Amir Sims early. Sims dropped a dozen points in the first seven and a half minutes in Raleigh over the weekend, but NC State adjusted, and right now, Clemson just isn't quite good enough in the backcourt for anybody to create their own shot. They really miss Marquise Reed in that respect, and uh, when you stop Amir Sims, whether it's by a double team or denying him the ball, it's really difficult right now for Clemson to generate offense, as evidenced by the statistics Clemson shot just 37.5% from the field. That's it, man, 37.7%. And and the Tigers knocked down just 5 of 23 pointers. That's 25%. I can do the math on that. And from the free throw line, Clemson was all out of sorts. 9 of 23, just 39% on the season. Clemson's about 70% from the foul line. So that's not going to last. That was absolutely just a cold day for Clemson. And it's because NC State did some different things defensively. Clemson's defense was still there. They held NC State to just 60 points. Uh, I believe they're holding teams to about 64 on the season. So, outstanding. But NC State's a good club, and they found a way to win. Um, You know, NC State didn't do a ton offensively either. So, Clemson just lost a rock fight. And really, it came because once the Wolfpack adjusted to Amir Sims and the way he was dominating inside early in the game, Clemson went on a long cold streak. And nobody, not Hunter Tyson, not Tevin Mack, not John Newman III, could bring NC State out and make them defend the three-point line. Because again, Clemson hit just 5 of 20, and I believe they started one for their first 11 from the three-point line. And when they were getting the freebies, just 9 of 23 from the foul line. That's going to change. Brownell will get them back in practice. Just a bad performance. But... Coach Brownell will have to come up with an answer as to what to do. Where does the offense come from if Sims is neutralized? That, if there is an answer to that question, Coach Brownell will find it. And if there's an answer, Clemson can still compete for an NCAA tournament berth. So we'll continue to track their team. Baseball season's on the way, but football season is right here and not going anywhere for us uh, if you're a Clemson fan because – you got Sammy Watkins going to the Super Bowl, uh, squaring off with Debo Samuel and the 49ers. Bashad Breland's going to be starting in the Super Bowl. Uh, also, the news is out that Travis Etienne is returning. What a recruiting job that is for Dabo Sweeney and company. We'll talk to Will Merritt about that. Also about Isaiah Simmons and T. Higgins heading off to the NFL. Clemson loses Chase Bryce as well, who is going to hit the transfer portal. We talked about that the last time we were together, but the Tigers, with the way they recruit, they have recruited, and they've got DJ Ungalalele coming in, who was just named the Polynesian Player of the Year. They ought to be okay at that position. Uh, and coming up this week on the rest of uh, the Locked On Clemson podcast, we're going to return to our top twenty-nine 
victories in Clemson's 29-game winning streak, ranking those in order of significance. Also talk about all the way-too-early top 25s and Heisman odds that are out that are talking about Clemson and Trevor Lawrence. And we're going to do that. We'll reach out to some people and uh, have them join us, some writers that cover Clemson on a daily basis, get their reaction to that. And, of course, our very own Will Merritt. And speaking of Will Merritt, we've got Will next, where we're going to talk about what it's like to see his former, both his friends that he played with when he watched those guys play in the NFL, and also now seeing Sammy Watkins go to the Super Bowl, and to also cover some hoops, and Jeff Scott heading to South Florida. Will and, and Jeff are old friends, and of course Brad Scott coached Will Merritt. He was his offensive line coach when Will was at Clemson. So what is South Florida getting in Jeff and Brad Scott, both as people and coaches. So a lot of ground to cover, so you stay with us. The Locked on Clemson podcast here with you every day. It's your team. You can find us on Google, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and more, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including LockedOnPodcast.com. Will Merritt, former All-ACC lineman, when we return your team every day, Locked on Clemson on the Locked on Podcast Network. They send it back out to Robinson. He shoots a three. He misses. History made. Oh, for 59. No more. This is the Locked On Clemson podcast. We've got Will Merritt coming your way, former all ACC lineman. And if you didn't know, Basketball was actually Will's first love, and he gets so excited when Clemson does the kinds of things they did here recently. And wasn't it so exciting to be featured on SportsCenter, to be making those highlights against legendary coaches like Roy Williams and Mike Krzyzewski? Yes, Clemson went cold this weekend against NC State, but they showed us what they're capable of. And that's what's so important that this Clemson club got to see what they can do when they put Coach Brownell's defensive game plan in action, get Amir Sims the ball, force the mismatches in the double teams, and then knock down open shots. And when Clemson does that and executed, they can beat some of the best teams in college basketball, which is a good thing because that's what they're going to see coming up throughout the rest of their ACC schedule, starting with Wake Forest tomorrow night. So we'll start there with Will Merritt, talk some hoops, but how impressive was this run for Clemson and the relevance on the national stage considering the brand name Blue Bloods they were knocking off? Well, not to mention, I mean, think about injuries, too. I mean, they, they didn't have all their best players. I mean, I mean, as long as you have Sims on the floor, I mean, Amari Sims is a different type of player. I mean, I think you can, you and I can admit that, right? He's a different type of player. Oh, I, he can handle the ball. He can pass. He can rebound. I mean, the dude's averaging 14 points a game. Um. You know, he's he, he's just a different type player. Um, I think the one thing that surprises me the most about Clemson right now is 
they're relentless on the defensive end of the floor. I mean, they're relentless. And I know Brownell makes his name by how well they play defense. But, man, they – you know, I was, I was in the arena the other night when they were playing Duke. And as soon as they score, immediately Brownell's focus is completely on how they defend the ball. I mean, he's just he's, – he's relentless about how they contest every shot and they, they, they wipe the glass and they box out. And um, sometimes I wish he would get a little bit more fired up. But he's very composed. He's a very composed coach. Um, but Coach K had no answer for him the other night. None. And I know that they lost to NC State this weekend. But, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to lose a game here and there. I mean, they lost by six, and they had a chance to win. They didn't win. But, you know, they, they, they've got some guys that are really good players. I mean, Mac and Newman and Dawes and those guys, I mean, they, they know how to score. They know how to get it to the hoop. And Sims knows how to get it to the hoop. And then he's got guys that are coming off the bench that are just doing great things. I mean, you, you never know what he's going to dial up. And I know this sounds crazy, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyways. He reminds me of Venables. He reminds me of Brent Venables because you never know what he's going to throw at you. He goes man-to-man on one end, and then next thing you know, he's zoned. Next thing you know, he's full-court press. I mean, he just he's always mixing it up. And I think that's what makes him a really, really good and effective basketball coach. I, I love the game so much. I love watching how he just interacts with his bench while he's actually coaching the game. He's coaching the game, but then he's turning around and he's talking to players, and then he'll grab somebody and throw them in the game like he just told them exactly what to do. It's like he, he just made a play call and then sends them in the game. It's so difficult to make the NCAA tournament from Clemson's position with that schedule ahead. But if you can beat Duke, you can beat anyone. So I think that might have given those players the confidence that, well, let's just let's just continue to play this ACC schedule and see what happens. Take it one game at a time, which is what which is what you're supposed to do. But I think every now and then, you you know, it's almost like a player needs some success to build that confidence that this is really happening and we're not just playing out the strength. Absolutely. And, and there's nothing that creates more confidence in a young man's um, desire and heart and willingness to play hard than winning. You have to win. This is the Locked On Clemson podcast with Will Merritt, your team every day. I'm Matt Smith. We'll bring Will back in in just a second because we're going to talk football now and of course the next basketball game for brad brownell and the tigers tuesday night little john coliseum against wake forest but right now let's dig back into football because the news just keeps rolling out at clemson isaiah simmons on his way to the nfl t higgins he's declared for the nfl draft isaiah simmons without a doubt 
mark it down, top 15 draft pick. And I would take him, if I need a defensive player, period, whatever the position, I'm taking Isaiah Simmons. That guy has pro bowler written all over him. T. Higgins, it will need to be the right fit to be a first-round pick, but he could go. Uh, CBS has him projected on the back end of the first round, so T. Higgins certainly could be a first-rounder. And Travis Etienne returning to school. Chase Bryce transferring out. Niles Pinckney returning to school. So good news, bad news for Clemson fans. And, of course, it was probably – Uh, A foregone conclusion for Isaiah Simmons and T. Higgins that they were going to go, but a little bit surprising that Travis Etienne will come back to school and put that Clemson rushing record into the stratosphere. And Travis also has the opportunity with another year like he had this year. If his 2020 fall looks like his 2019 fall, Etienne's going to finish in the top 10 in NCAA rushing history. That could happen. He's going to go over 5,000 yards to be certain, and he'll probably reach about 5,600, and then you start getting into the rarefied air. We'll talk more about that as next season approaches. A lot of ground to cover, and be sure to stay with us all week here on the Locked On Clemson podcast as we'll continue our feature as we rank Clemson's 29 wins in their 29 game winning streak by order of significance. But right now, I want to get right back to Will Merritt, get his thoughts on Travis Etienne coming back, Isaiah Simmons, and T. Higgins leaving for the NFL draft. But that's what you get. Clemson is a program now that is talked about on ESPN, on Fox Sports, on CBS. Not just six months out of the year, but 12 months out of the year. That's where Dabo Sweeney and this program are. Well, first of all, football is not just a six months a year anymore. I mean, it's year round. I mean, you and I both know that. I mean, 12 months a year, you've got a little bit of football, especially if you're good. They're at the top of all these, you know, uh, Top too early, way too early top 25 list, and then you've got the end of the decade list coming out, but from ACC Network. So, and, and, and by the way, I mean, I, I, I didn't see my name on that list, and didn't make it, Will. Didn't make I it, didn't, bud. I, I didn't make it, and I'm a little bit hurt by that. Um, I, I don't know if it was a was it an error in when, when they were typing out the list or. I mean, because I saw a lot of my friends on that list. It might have been. It might have been when Julius Peppers used you like a turnstile. That may have been your issue. It, it, you know what? That that was three years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Smitty, let me tell you a quick story. All right. So we're playing North Carolina, homecoming, at home, and um, I pull. And I, I, I go to cut Pep, and I hit him right in the groin. I mean, right where you're supposed to hit somebody, okay, to get their hands down. He throws up this mammoth arm. And I don't, I'm not talking about like an arm that normal people have. I'm talking about this just, just huge arm, and he tips the ball up in the air. Woody was trying to throw a little uh, fade pass. Then he dives and catches it one-handed and intercepts it. 
And if you don't believe me, YouTube this if you want to, because it's all over YouTube. He yeah, intercepts well, the, yeah, go ahead. He intercepts the pass. And so we run to the sideline, and my offensive line coach, and I'm not going to call his name because I don't want to embarrass him. And uh, he said, expletive, expletive, expletive. What happened, Merritt? And the only thing that could come to my mind to respond to him was, DNA, coach. DNA. God gave him gifts he didn't give me. Oh. DNA. I, I gave every ounce of effort that I had and to get that man on the ground. And he just wasn't going to go down. He was just a man among boys. I mean, he was just a stud. And I, I, I mean, I choked him. I grabbed him. I poked him. I think I even tried to put some hot sauce on my gloves. I, I don't even know what I did to try to block him. But he was just, he was just different than anybody I've ever tried to block. We'll do a whole podcast one day, and we'll, maybe we'll count down like the 10 toughest players for you to block, you know, over your time that you saw the guys, that, and maybe the guys that played next to you, like Kyle Young, like yeah. the 10 guys that yeah, just yeah, yeah, couldn't yeah. be blocked. But that, but that was all of them. I mean, the 10, you, you, you stop at 10. I mean, let, let's go to like 90 toughest guys I tried to block. I mean, just a bunch of great players in that era. Uh, what about a third of them came from Florida State? I, I, I would say a third from Florida State, and there were some random guys. There, there were there, there was just some random guys, and I, I'll make you a list. Um, there were there were some guys that leading up to the game, I'm going, I got to pack a lunch because all I got to do is just sacrifice my body all game long you know now that i'm thinking nfl and of course the the games this weekend what kind of pride do you take and and how how do you watch nfl games because for, for one thing let's go through this when you came out of school some of your former teammates were playing on sundays so you were you were watching that those are your buddies that you were you know you went to battle with that are now playing on sundays i mean woody dancer ended sure. up returning kicks for the cowboys and then the then you're an analyst all those years you see these guys as kids essentially and then like sammy watkins adam humphreys on sunday uh bashad breeland's out there playing i mean what's what's it like and how do you watch nfl sundays well I, i'll tell you it, it's it's interesting because there there's no pride greater than your school pride. I mean, th these guys played for the same people that I played for. They went through the same hallways that I went through. They studied under the same professors that I studied under. And I think that's really cool. Um, but the, the coolest thing is, is watching the maturation of these guys. I mean, they're, they're just getting better and better and better. And, you know, I mean, watching Deshaun Watson play on Sunday is fun. It's not just like, oh, yeah, he's a Clemson guy, and, yeah, he's a friend of mine, but it's just fun to watch him play. The way that he reads defenses and, and does things and, and breaks things down is, is really awesome. Um, and, you know, I, one of the other – coolest thing is I have a bunch of former coaches that are coaching in the NFL now and I'm pulling for their teams. So I find myself on Sunday, 
I pull for everybody because I've got people all over the place. And you you never know who's going to win. You never know what's going to happen. But um, you always feel like you're on the winning side of things. I mean, Rich Basaccia, who was is maybe one of my favorite coaches of all times, um, you know, coaches for the Raiders now. And so I find myself – I've never pulled for the Raiders, ever. But because he – went with John Gruden to Oakland. I mean, I'm a huge Raiders fan now. What, what I, I was born and raised a Dolphins fan. Okay, so you don't pull for the Raiders and the Dolphins, but then you find yourself on Sundays looking at all the scores and, and, and watching these things. And, you know, relationships matter, Smitty. You know that. I mean, relationships far exceed any you know, logo you wear on your chest. And, um, I just, I, I, I it's fun for me. It, it really is. NFL is fun for me again, because I have so many of my peers playing and so many of my friends playing. And, um, I just enjoy it, man. I, I just, I, I think it's a whole lot of fun. And the fact that I think the power in the NFL is shifting. It's not going to like one or two teams, two teams anymore. It's it's going to multiple teams. I mean, you never know what Mahomes is going to do every single weekend. I mean, you never know what. I mean, who would have thought that Tom Brady was going to hang it up after not winning a Super Bowl? I mean, seriously. I mean, the 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 narrative has changed, and, and it is it is a lot of fun. And you talked about school pride. And I wonder, I wonder how many people. So you played at Wren High School, and how many of us that might have played in in the state of South Carolina also to look on TV? I mean, I know he was a Gamecock, but the fact Debo Samuel was is, is from Spartanburg County is pretty cool. And then DeAndre Hopkins, he goes to Daniel High School and then does what he does. It's like that that Daniel High School is not supposed to produce the best wide receiver in in the NFL. No, and and. But but that's what that's what makes it amazing. I mean, I'm, I I know this might tick a lot of people off, but I mean the fact that Debo Samuel's went to South Carolina. Okay, so be it. I mean, I know Clemson people might not like that, but he's a great kid and doing unbelievable things. So let's just praise him. You know, let's just celebrate the fact that this young man is having the career of his life. Um, and, and the fact that so many players that played at Clemson, uh, you know, and again, in high school in the, in the state of South Carolina, so you will merit, this is, this is what people don't recognize. I think that might be from Texas or, or, uh, California that think their high school football is the best. There are so many great NFL players that you were, you shared a field with and, and not just you, all the people that played high school in the state. And then all the people that played at Clemson or South Carolina, like you said, Debo Samuel, well, guess what? Now all those Clemson players have that story about covering Debo Samuel, even the ones that didn't play in the NFL. Yeah. Or tried to cover him. They they gave effort to cover him. Let me, let me tell you something. And and I'm going to, and this is this is something you probably already know, but you know when I first got to Clemson, they said I, I was recruited as a center, and they said, "Oh, by the way, we signed Mister Football as a center, Kyle Young." I'm like, "Oh, great!" <laughs> so here I am, 
coming into the same facility as Mr. Football, like the the best player in the state of South Carolina. I knew I was never going to compete with Kyle as a center. I mean, he he was a stud. He, I mean, thus, he's an All American. You know. Um, so I said, well, I'll I'll go next to you. <laughs> yeah, I'll go I'll go to your left. And I'll, I'll play right next to you, and I'll, I'll just be the toughest sucker that you've ever had next to you. Um, and and that, that's really what I did. I mean, I just rode his coattails. <laughs>